the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In America, our laws declare that an individual not be required to incriminate themselves and that they be considered innocent until proven guilty. Now, where did America get these principles? We got them from the Scripture. This is back, of course, when they wrote laws in America based on the laws of God. Hmm, makes you wonder where we're going on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse, doesn't it? Certainly does me. Well, actually, I know where we're going, and you are going to be blessed. We're continuing in the book of John, the 18th chapter, and Pastor Layton will pick up in just a moment, right around the 15th verse, if you'd like to follow along. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, and again, our teacher is the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands, Leighton Sheely. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. And since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You're also not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warning, warming himself. Now the reason why Peter followed Jesus is not given. It's clear that the incident with Malchus in the garden and the subsequent flight of all of the other disciples had not completely shaken him. It was probable that he wished to be near his Lord. Another disciple is introduced but not named. He is simply described as a disciple known to the high priest. Most scholars agree that it was John, the author of this gospel. Part of the reason for that is his description of detail that would be available only to an eyewitness, such as the description of the fire. But then that begs the question, how would John be known to the high priest household? And there are a number of explanations that I came across in my studies, but one uh, I found particularly interesting, and I wanted to share it with you. Uh, recall that John at this time was a young man, a very young man. He could have been as young as 13 or 14. At most, he was only in his early 20s. And his father had a very successful fishing business, and that's made evident by the fact that he could employ servants. Mark 1.20 gives us that insight. And one of the great Galilean industries was the salt fish industry. Now, fresh fish, as distinct from salt fish, was a great luxury because there was no way to really transport fish from the Sea of Galilee to Jerusalem uh, and keep it fresh. They didn't have refrigerated trucks at that time. Uh, But on the other hand, salt fish was a staple uh, part of their diet. And so it's been proposed that John's father was in the salt fish trade and he actually supplied the households of the high priest. If that was the case, then uh, John would be well known to the high priest and the household, including the servants. 
And it's likely that he would be one that was providing or bringing the supplies. Now, I want to underscore to our congregation, this is conjecture. And uh, we've got to distinguish conjecture from gospel truth. Um, one scholar wrote concerning this, there's a kind of a support in legend for this theory. H.V. Morton tells us of visiting the back streets of Jerusalem, a little building which was presently a, an, an Arab coffee house. And in it were certain stones and arches which had once been part of an early Christian church believed to have stood on the site of the house which belonged to Zebedee, John's father. The family, so the Franciscans believe, were fish merchants in Galilee with a branch office in Jerusalem and supplied the household of the high priest with salt fish, which was why John was known by the servants and had entry into the high priest's house. Again, it's conjecture, but it's something I thought you might like to uh, mull on. Now, Peter stood outside the door until the unidentified disciple came to get him, and the doorkeeper obviously had some reservations because she asked Peter whether he was one of Jesus' disciples. All four of the Gospels agree that the first challenge came from a servant girl. And it may be that this was part of what contributed to Peter's failure. You see, he might have been preparing himself to face some stiff opposition, like being confronted by a temple guard. But instead, he was asked a simple, dismissive question by a servant girl, and she provided a a way of escape in her question, and he took it. And then once he had committed himself to denying, it was hard for him to go back on his own word. Instead of a, of a hard challenge, it was a soft challenge that may have disarmed Peter. And we have to be careful about soft challenges. That's what American Christians are experiencing today. We're being softly challenged for being our faith, in our faith. And we have to be careful because if we get started on a road of denying our faith when the, the challenges are soft, it's not going to be good when they get all the more difficult. Now, it was evidently a cold night, and uh, the servants and officers of the high priest had made a charcoal fire in the courtyard. They were standing around warming themselves by it, and Peter joined them. Now, obviously, there's some danger in this, but there's also danger in him not joining because it would have been conspicuous for him to be in the courtyard and away from the group. It's ironic that Peter, like Judas in the garden a few hours earlier, was found standing with the enemies of Jesus. Now the narration, the story now weaves back to Jesus, verse 19. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him, bound, to Caiaphas, the high priest. As I mentioned before, the examination before Annas was a, a mockery of justice. 
there was a, a regulation of Jewish law that a prisoner must not be asked any question that might be self-incriminating. Maimon Edis, the great Jewish medieval scholar, wrote, Our true law does not inflict the penalty of death upon a sinner by his own confession. In America, our laws declare that an individual not be required to incriminate themselves and that they be considered innocent until proven guilty. Now, where did America get these principles? We got it from our nation's Judeo-Christian roots. We got them from the Scripture. This is back, of course, when they wrote laws in America based on the laws of God. But the high priest, Annas, questioned Jesus directly, trying to get him to say something that could be used against him. He was being called upon to incriminate himself. Now, the case should have been established by witnesses, and it was the responsibility of the accusers to provide them. It was not the responsibility of Jesus to prove his innocence. And Annas violated the principles of Jewish justice when he questioned Jesus. And it was precisely this illegal procedure that Jesus was referencing when he said, in effect, take your evidence about me in a proper and legal way, examine your witnesses, which you have every right to do, stop examining me, which you have no right to do. And when Jesus said this, He got a slap across the face, and in effect, the person was saying, are you trying to teach the high priest how to conduct a trial? To which Jesus' answer was, in effect, if I have said or taught anything illegal, witnesses should be called against me. I have only stated the applicable procedures of the law. Why hit me for that? Now, Jesus' response is sometimes compared with that of the Apostle Paul, who was also struck for challenging the high priest. That story is recorded in Acts chapter 23. In that case, the Apostle Paul apologized for calling the high priest a whitewashed wall. And he did so on the ground that it was a violation of Scripture, specifically Exodus 22:28, which is, we are not to speak evil about the ruler of the people, but Jesus had not called anyone names and had nothing for which to apologize. What Jesus is doing here is calling attention to the fact that what they are doing is illegal and contrary to law. They have no witness that he has done any evil, and yet they are smiting him. They are the ones who are breaking the law. It was illegal for a trial to begin or end at night. It was illegal for a trial to begin and end on the same day. It was illegal to strike a prisoner who had not yet been found guilty. Jesus' trial was a gross miscarriage of justice. It was evil men misusing their office and authority for their own purposes and their own gain. In verse 20, Jesus said, I have spoken openly to the world. And what he was saying here was not that... He didn't speak with his disciples after he'd spoken to the crowds. But what he was saying is, is that he, didn't, he didn't have two kinds of teaching. A harmless one for the general public and a secret one for his revolutionaries. The essence of all he taught was public knowledge, public information. And in this regard, Christianity is different than some other belief systems. Uh, Christianity is an open book. 
In the Masonic order, there are some teachings that are hidden until you've achieved a 33rd degree. The Mormon Church has some teachings that are hidden until you are recognized as a Mormon elder. Islam has some teachings that are hidden from the general knowledge. But Christianity has no hidden knowledge, no hidden information. God has revealed everything to us in His Word, the Bible, and it's available for all to read for themselves. Thoughts to ponder as you go through your Thanksgiving Day, uh, and perhaps just one more thing to be thankful for. This is Study Verse by Verse, a daily visit, just a short devotional time each day, Monday through Friday, with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We call it Study Verse by Verse, and you can find out more about us on the website at highlands.us. And depending upon when you're hearing this broadcast, there is a special Thanksgiving service at Church of the Highlands at 10 a.m. this morning. You can find the details on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And while you're on the website, if you are thankful for this ministry, you might share that fact with us. On the homepage, there is a link so that you can contact us. Again, that's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed day. And join us again tomorrow when we'll open the Word of God to the book of John and continue in the 18th chapter, studying verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.